Well, good morning and welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jillian Pelkey and it has been three months since we have done an Activate Podcast together and I am so excited that the Lord has drawn me here today to this uh, moment to uh, to preach and to talk about the Word of God together. So uh, before we get into the Word, let's uh, First of all, if you haven't heard any Activate podcasts before and you want to hear more, you can check out other episodes on soundcloud.com or on iTunes by searching Jillian Pelkey Activate. Um, so there are lots of episodes to catch up on if this is your first one. Uh, we're going to pray and then we're going to get right into the Word of God together. So would you quiet your heart with me for a moment? Would you bow your head and let's get uh, in the presence of God together? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this moment. God, we thank you for this time that uh, we've set aside to spend with you and to learn of you and to be in your presence. And Lord, I pray that your word would go forth with power, that God, your word would go forth with conviction, that God, it would change and transform our hearts and our lives. God, I pray that we would live in a way that brings you glory. And Lord, I pray that today as we dive into the word of God, that, that you'll help us to do that, to change, to be more like you, to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. God, build us up in our most holy faith. Let us run the race with perseverance. Lord, thank you for this moment. Be with us now, I pray. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name, amen and amen. All right. So uh, I just got done listening to a song by a band, which I love, called House Fires. It's the band, and the um, the song has this um this phrase in it, the, the song title is so much better. And it has this phrase in there, I've got this joy and it won't let go. I looked in his eyes and it freed my soul. And it's such an awesome uh, testimony because I sing that and it's true about my life. You know, um, I got this joy and I can't let it go because when I look into the eyes of Jesus, <laughs> my soul is free. And I think of, of people who would probably have sung this very house fires uh, song if they had uh, heard it back then. I think of the woman at the well uh, and how she looked into the eyes of Jesus and it freed her soul. I think about people like Timothy uh, who needed to look into the eyes of Jesus and then his soul was set free. I think about Peter. I think about Paul who who hears uh, of Jesus and, and he, in a sense, not literally, but in a sense, looks into the eyes of Jesus and it frees his soul and everything changes and there's a new way of life for him. And I think it's not only true for me, it's true for many of you. You would stand and say, I looked, there was a day when I looked into the eyes of Jesus and my soul was finally free. Everything change because salvation because coming to Jesus because transforming our lives is is a whole new thing it takes our, our, our old person and we become a new person we go from being a natural person to a spiritual person we are a new creation in Christ Jesus and so this just got me going I've got this joy and won't let go I looked in his eyes and it freed my soul. Today we're going to be jumping around through a few scriptures. Um, and so if you have a Bible handy, a paper, actual Bible, get that ready uh, or pull the app out on your phone because we're going to be jumping around. You know, in the last few months, our world as we know it here in America has been completely uh, transformed. It's, it's almost like it got flipped upside down. Every 
everything is different. We even have new like vocab words. We have a new language to describe it. And there's words, most of these words really annoy me, but there's words that have, have um, identified this, this period of 2020. And one of those is the new normal, right? Haven't you heard that? The new normal. Uh, unprecedented times is another one. We're like, we're living in unprecedented times. There's no, no time that we look back and it was exactly like this. Um, so there's these vocab words that are, are swirling you know, around social distancing. Are, these are words that we weren't readily using before, but everything shifted and these are words that describe what is going on in our culture, right? In, in, our, in, our, in our world. And I want to talk about a time in the Bible where things got turned upside down. See, with this whole pandemic that we're facing with um, the issues rising to the top of our attention of racism with um, so many things in our world just happening that we weren't expecting. We didn't see these these things coming. Um, at least I didn't see these coming. I don't know about you, but I didn't see these things coming. Um, it's at first, you know, it's a little unnerving. It was a little unnerving for that season when you would go in the grocery store and there was things missing because we were so used to life was always the same way. Life was always uh, here in America. When you went into a grocery store, there was always food. You know, things You didn't run out of things. There was one point uh, during these last few months where my husband had gone to Walmart to pick up something for basketball or something, and he went down the aisle of weights and workout equipment, and it was gone. I'm sure you guys have had that experience in the last few months where you've gone into a store that you've gone into a bajillion times before, and you look for that one product, and it's gone. And this is not our our regular thing. We haven't had this happen to us before. It kind of wakes us up and makes us think, well, where does that product come from and why is it changing? And it it just shifted all of our mindsets, right? It shifted um, all of our mindsets to think about the people who are part of our family, Um, you know, the people that we're allowed to be around um, in the, the social distancing idea. All right, so this translates to uh, an amazing part of the Bible because we can relate to this. We lived life one way, and then everything got flipped upside down, and we didn't expect it to happen. Guys, that's the story of the gospel. That's the story of what happened to the disciples where everything, they were living one way, and without notice... (laughs) Everything got flipped upside down when Jesus came. Everything was now different. And it's very easy to read in Hebrews this transformation. I love how Hebrews goes into depth. And the writer of Hebrews, whether it was he or she, said all the details of what the the temple was like, but said that the temple was a replica of things to come. It wasn't the perfect thing. It was a replica of a better uh, covenant that was coming, replica of a better temple that's in heaven. And each thing, though it was good for the season, wasn't perfect. And every sacrifice had to continually be made. So sins were committed, a sacrifice had to be made. People ate the wrong food, a sacrifice had to be made. People touched the wrong thing, a sacrifice had to be made. And there was no easy entry into the Holy of Holies. It was a blocked path. It was only for certain people. This was the way of life. This was the accepted way of life. 
This was their culture. Just like a few months ago, we had one culture. And now, today, we have a different culture. So they were living this culture, but they had known it for a long, long, long generation after generation. And then when Jesus came and Jesus made a sacrifice once and for all, everything was completely flipped upside down. They had been making sacrifices for generations. They had been doing it this way forever. And now with the sacrifice of Jesus's blood, all sins are wiped away forever. <laughs> this, is hard. this is a new normal. This is unprecedented. This is not what was expected. This is not what was, you know, um, foretold by people of that time. You know, in scripture, we can look back in Isaiah and we can clearly see the the foretelling of Jesus coming. We can clearly see those things. But back then, it wasn't so clear to them. It wasn't so crystal clear. And things got completely shifted. I want to turn right now to um, a verse in Acts. We are going to go to Acts chapter 10. Jesus completely shifted everything. Everything turns a corner. And we can imagine that just like we used to always see the certain soup in the soup aisle, and then it's gone, and we think, wait, what? That's a small change, but the change that happened in this culture shifted everything. People were like, wait, what? I don't know if I can accept this. I don't know if I can adjust to this. I don't know. I think I like my old way better of sacrificing and having a priest that was here in flesh and blood on earth. And Jesus was then the high priest making that sacrifice once and for all now in heaven. And people just couldn't wrap their minds around it. The same way we can't wrap our minds around our quote unquote new normal. Well, it goes even further than that because the, everything gets turned upside down and, and you think it stops there, but it goes a layer deeper. And Peter one day, this is after Jesus has gone back to he heaven, Peter one day uh, is given a vision and he's given a vision of um, clean and unclean animals. And the Lord tells him in this vision to go and eat Peter's like, I can't go and eat unclean animals. That's not how it's done. That will make me unclean. And what the Lord was showing Peter was that everything was now acceptable. We see this uh, back in Genesis. They only ate vegetables. They only ate fruit and vegetables and the things that grew from the ground. And then when they come off the ark, the Lord finally says to them, now take and eat of the meat of animals. And but they were only supposed to eat certain animals. And by the time we get to Peter, they're still following those same rules and regulations given under the old covenant, the old way of doing it, the old law. And Jesus now says, everything's fine for you to eat. But he also is showing them that uh, anything that God has made clean, you can't call impure. And he's showing them that the gospel was not only for the Jewish people, but also for the Gentiles. So the Gentiles remain everybody else. So this once and for all that Jesus did, this once and for all sacrifice for sin was not just for this one people group, but for every people group. And to further solidify this, he sends a man uh, to Peter and, and says to come to his house that, that the Lord told him to come. So he goes to Cornelius's house and uh, Cornelius said that, you know, three days ago he was in his house praying and he felt that the Lord told him to go and get Peter and have Peter come. So Peter comes, and in verse chapter Acts 10, 34, he says this. Then Peter began to speak in response to Cornelius. He says, I now realize how true it is that God does not show 
favoritism, but accepts every nation from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. I'm going to read that again. Let that sink into your uh, 2020 ideals. Let that sink into today. Let that sink into the culture which we're facing right now. Here it is. Peter, back then, thousands of years ago, spoke these words which ring true to me today. It says, then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. We look at the verses in Galatians, and Galatians 3.28, what a verse that is. Galatians 3.28, which says, There is no longer slave nor free, Jew nor Gentile, male nor female, but all are one in Christ Jesus. So not only does Jesus flip the... Flip the whole paradigm into he's going to die once and all for all. Now he says, look at those words. Once for all was for all. It wasn't just for the Jewish people. So it's not for one race of people that Jesus died. It's for everyone. It's not for the rich that Jesus died. It's for everyone. It's not for the males that Jesus died. It's for everyone. And he shows and he proves and he proves that there is no favoritism in Jesus. Now, James talks uh, very clearly and concisely that we cannot show favoritism in the body of Christ. But this was a new normal for them. This is not what they were used to. This was a huge adjustment. And then Paul goes on to be a missionary to the Gentiles, to everyone who is not Jewish. And Peter goes on to continue being a, a light uh, to the Jewish people. But the plan was that every person would, would have access to the gospel, that Jesus dies once for all for everyone. And let's take a look at that once for all. Uh, we're going to go over to Hebrews chapter 9. In Hebrews chapter 9, uh, verse 10, it talks about that big switch over, um, applying Um, the old way until the time of the new order of things. Jesus made a complete new order of things. Things were not the way they used to be. People had to adjust and accept the new order of things. And this was a big adjustment. Hebrews 9 verse 28 says, So Christ was sacrificed once for all to wake to take away the sins of many and he will appear a second time not to bear sin but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him Christ's sacrifice is once for all once for all we no longer think that we need to go back and make sacrifices. There's not once where a pastor has gotten up in a Christian service and said, hey, now we've got to bring some animals in next week and we've got to sacrifice them. Because we have accepted, so thoroughly accepted that Jesus' sacrifice was more than enough. Jesus' sacrifice covered every single sin. But now I want to focus on the for all part of that. Jesus' sacrifice was for men, for women, for Jews, for Gentiles, for slaves, for free. And that slave and free is is also referring to wealth. So for the rich and for the poor, not necessarily for those uh, enslaved or those that were free, but the people enslaved in those days were um, accountable because they owed money to somebody else. So that's representing wealth. So 
The new normal that Jesus brings is that he dies once for all, but then for all it is what he brings home to Peter in this in this part of Acts, and, and we see uh, reiterated in Hebrews that Jesus' plan was not that it would the gospel would be for one certain type or gender or anything else, but his gospel was for all. This is a new normal. How does this apply to you? How does this apply to me? How does this apply to 2020? Well, we get a taste of of what it feels like for things to get flipped upside down, right? And I want to challenge you, and I want to challenge myself, and I think the gospel challenges us to take a look and saying, where is it that we are not accepting of all? What part of the pie graph of humanity have we said doesn't belong in our lives? Who are the worst sinners that we say we won't accept? Who are the people groups that we uh, don't accept? Peter's world got turned upside down. And I believe that God wants to turn your world upside down. You know, as people were doing birthday parties during this whole season of of COVID, um, there was this trend of people doing drive-by birthday parties where there would be um, birthday somebody's birthday and there would be a line of cars and everybody would go by and honk and, and sing and all of those things. And I remember one day the Lord just spoke so clearly to me and he said, every single person deserves a drive-by birthday party. And what the Lord was trying to speak to me was not literally that we should go out and make sure we drive by and do birthday parties for every single person we know, but that every single person is important to God. Every single person has such rich value. Every single person on this planet is as valuable as you are. Every single person on this planet is as valuable as your children as your spouse, as your mom, as your dad, as your aunt, as your uncle. God designed us all. He says to P- Peter says, I see now that God does not show favoritism, but will accept someone from any nation that calls on the name of God. Every single person, young and medium and old, is important to God. Every gender is important to God, both male and female, equally important to God. Women are not more important than men. Men are not more important than women. The future of of society is not female. The future of society is not male. The future of our society is male and female in Christ Jesus. The future of our nation is not in the young or in the old. It's in every age together. We can't discriminate and say uh, that young people are not valuable. We can't discriminate and say that old people are not valuable. We can't discriminate and say that young moms are too busy for reading their Bible and knowing the Lord. We can't discriminate and say that uh, young men are too busy with their careers or young women are too busy with their careers that they can't study the word of God. Every single person is valuable to God. Every single person on this planet has equal value to God. We can't look at those who are not wealthy and write them off. 
We can't look at those who have less education than us and write them off. The power of the gospel is that he uses the unwise. He uses the unlikely. He uses the poor. He uses the broken. He uses those who have gone through the depths of despair. And he calls them into his glorious light. And he uses them for his glory. So how can we sit and judge people? Every single person is valuable to God. Every single person, when they look into the eyes of Jesus, their soul is free and they are set on fire for him. Every single person is valuable to God. The color of our skin is not an indicator of who we are or how important we are to God. Who we are to God is the same. How important we are to God is the same. And if we begin to judge people by their gender, by their color of their skin, by the sins they've committed, by anything, then we stand in a place of judgment that God said, God condemns. He says that we can't stand in that place of judgment. He created each and every person, and they're valuable. And Peter says in Acts, and I'll read it to us one more time, He says in Acts chapter 10, I I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. God loves people. Not just certain people. God loves every individual person. God created every individual person. And as our world has gotten turned upside down, we see a glimpse of how this must have felt with this turning upside down of the world uh, for the disciples and for Paul. But I want our worlds to be turned upside down one more time to take a magnifying glass and look and say, are we valuing people? Have we tried to revert back to this old way of Judaism where it was their tribe and just their tribe and no one else could come in? And if they came in, they could, but they were a little bit less. I pray that our churches and our homes and our lives don't replicate that. It's not about our Christian tribe and no one can come in. It's about doors open wide for anyone, for everyone, for every walk of life for either gender, for either any social class, for any skin color, for any uh, pa- people with past histories to come into the wide open doors of the church, the wide open doors of our lives, because God does not show favoritism and I don't want to show favoritism. And so I think we need to find a place of repentance before the Lord and say, God, show me if there's any place where I've erred in this. Show me if there's any place where I have naturally favored someone over another and God, help me to be more like you. Every single person is valuable to God. And every single person should be valuable to you. We should look at people equally. But friends, we don't naturally do it. Without the Spirit of God living in us, we naturally favor people. We naturally favor people we like. We naturally favor uh, people who like the things that we like. And so we need the transforming power of the Holy Spirit so that we can offer equally the gospel to each and every person so that we could act with the love and compassion that Jesus has so that more and more people can look into the eyes of Jesus and that their souls can be freed. 
We need a new normal in the church. We need a new normal in our lives. We need to check our hearts. We need to examine ourselves. The Bible says so many times, especially in Psalms, to sit on your bed and let the Lord examine your heart, to sit down and and think about the law of the Lord, to meditate on it day and night. So take this piece of God's word and meditate on it, chew on it. Is there someone that I'm showing favoritism to? Is there a, a people group that I have unknowingly or without thinking have marginalized? Are there people with sins in their lives that I choose what sins are really bad and which ones aren't so bad? And have I taken that group of people who sin the way I don't prefer and marginalized them or written them off? Have I ever in my heart or in my thoughts that there's no hope for that people group or that that group of sinners or that class of people or that gender of people? My prayer is that God would wash over you so that you would not have a hierarchy in your mind but that you would look at each person with the value that God places on them. I want to close by reading Psalm uh, 52. Why do you boast of evil, you mighty hero? Why do you boast all day long, you who are a disgrace in the eyes of God? You who practice deceit, your tongue plots destruction. It's like a sharpened razor. You love evil rather than good, falsehood rather than speaking the truth. You love every harmful word, you deceitful tongue. Surely God will bring you down to everlasting ruin. He will snatch you up and pluck you from your tent. He will uproot you from the land of the living. The righteous will see and fear. They will laugh at you saying, Here now is the man who did not make God his stronghold, but trusted in his great wealth and grew strong by destroying others. Verse 8. But I am like an olive tree flourishing in the house of God. I trust in God's unfailing love forever and ever. For what you have done, I will always praise you in the presence of your faithful people. And I will hope in your name, for your name is good. In this psalm, we see an evil man who trusted in his own wealth and was made great by destroying others. May that not be our story. May we not become heroes by destroying others. May we not be lifted up by pushing others down, but rather trusting in God's plan and God's way, and then we'll be like an olive tree flourishing in the house of God. Let's pray. Lord, we want to flourish in your house. God, we want the the way of the kingdom of God. We want to be kingdom-minded people. We don't want to be people of this world. We don't want to uh, be tossed back and forth by the things that are popular in the moment. We don't want to be tossed back and forth by public opinion. God, we want to be rooted in the word of God. We want to be rooted in in knowing the mind of Christ and the mind of Christ is, is not showing favoritism to anyone for any reason, but loving each person fully and completely. And Lord, I pray that you would wash over us, that God, you would help us to value people. God, I pray that you would take a magnifying glass and reveal to us, God, anywhere, in any way that we have favored one group or type of person over another. God, God, forgive us. God, help us to be more like your son, Jesus, who spoke to the woman at the well. When nobody else would speak to a Samaritan, 
He spoke to a Samaritan. When no one else would speak to a woman, he spoke to a woman. And he commissioned her to go and tell the good news to other people. God, I pray that our new normal would be kingdom normal. And the kingdom normal is unity among everyone. It's brothers and sisters. It's uh, every grouping and type of people together. That's kingdom business. That's kingdom mindset. And Lord, I pray that you would wash over us to be kingdom-minded people. Help us to value each and every person. Help us not to hold them up by the weight of their past sin because for once and for all, God, you died for every sin and every person. There's not a person you didn't die for. There wasn't a type of person that you excluded on the cross, but God, you died for each and every one. So God, help us to have compassion and love and place value on each and every one. God, we need your spirit in order to complete these things. Help us, God, to be found in your presence. Help us to be found in your word, God. Change us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for listening today, and um, I hope that you'll join us again for the next Activate podcast. It is a joy to be with you. God bless you.